0: What? So that means what you're saying is he gives us the best opportunity to win and the coaches are lying to us. Then. Oh,
1: imagine that. <laughs> a second, three, two. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown. Alongside me is Asad Asan. How's it going?
0: It's going good. Pretty good accent, too. I'm not going to lie. This is...
1: yeah, you know, the problem is I'm fluctuating between this Yorkshire, kind of South Yorkshire accent and something from Australia at the same time, you know? It makes it a little bit tough. But in the end, this embodies the majority of the Jaguars fan base these days. <laughs>
0: I thought, it was, yeah, I thought you care. were going with a, a douchey English guy voice or something, honestly.
1: Yeah, I know. I love that. Like the, the <laughs> tell me you're a Jaguars fan without actually saying you're a Jaguars fan tweets and someone just said I'm from England <laughs> just like by default if you're from the UK you're most likely a Jaguars fan because of the home games in the UK and the marketing
0: it's kind of cool though isn't it
1: it's awesome except for those poor people have only seen despair except for the 2017 season but hey man 2017 season is enough to hook us in for the next 20 years so maybe it's enough for them too
0: oh yeah I definitely feel bad for them at least football's like not, you know, what they live by and stuff. It's not their sport. We just have to suffer <laughs> as Americans, you
1: know. Yeah, I saw I saw like uh middle school teams playing American football against each other in the UK. I was shocked. It's like a hobby sport now. It's made its way into the schools. Really? Yeah.
0: Like contact football? Yep,
1: helmets, pads, everything, man. I'm in I'm in like wow. Sheffield watching like like uh 12 teenagers walk down the street with full football helmets, shoulder pads, the whole deal.
0: Oh, so just like pick up football. They're playing like in full pads.
1: No, I think I think they had school organized football. And then also they had clubs that they, I know I for sure met people that work for these clubs. So like when I watched this, I watched the Eagles and Patriots Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just watched the Jaguars Patriots where the Jaguars beat the Patriots, except for the Miles Jack. Recall, right. in a, In like a sports bar. And you know, it's late at night and broadcast live. Uh, so it's late late UK time. And then when the Super Bowl rolled around, they had an entire two story kind of like a concert hall arena thing that people paid entry and that gave you a drink and something to eat. Uh, and it was it was just beautiful. It was like a celebration. Uh, and people were placing bets on the game and Patriots fans were like drinking beer out of their shoe and halftime because the Eagles were up or something. I can't remember. <laughs> and that, that was partially organized by local American football hmm. club teams.
0: That's interesting. I didn't, I honestly didn't think they even played it like in high school or anything, to be honest.
1: Um. just as a recap, the Jaguars lost to the Minnesota Vikings in a close one. I mean, God, it was scary. We, Almost won. It was a game we really, really could have won. Uh, Went into overtime. And eventually, the Vikings, Dan Bailey, old man Dan Bailey, made a field goal to secure a 27-24 win. The Jaguars are still doing the whole Glennon gives us the best uh, chance to tank thing. i mean, sorry, to win. James Robinson still pummeling NFL defenses despite the fact that we're, we're we're playing some of these games down, you know so you we wouldn't really have that much opportunity to run. he still got outran by Dalvin Cook but Dalvin Cook had 32 carries versus Robinson's 18.
0: he had 32 carries
1: 32 carries versus Robinson's wow. 18 32 for 120 yards Robinson 18 for 78 yards in a TD and then receiving Colin Johnson emerging as a, a threat. Especially across the middle of the field, our tight ends as well had a decent game. And the idea is that Glennon knows how to work the middle of the field a lot better than our first and second year quarterbacks, Jake Luton and Gardner Minshew. He
0: he checked it down a lot, though. Yeah. Did you notice that? He kept throwing to tight ends with no names, and he loves O'Shaughnessy, apparently. But he threw it to his tight ends a lot and checked it down a lot later.
1: As if we have tight ends with names. I mean, you're assuming a lot there. Yeah. For real. Also on the receiving side, DJ Chark, you said that you know he's looked a little frustrated up there. Yeah, he.
0: I mean, he didn't touch the ball until the fourth quarter, I don't think. Until that, uh, he ran, I believe, like a corner route on, on the last drive. On on the drive, uh, we went to tie the game. That was his first reception. Isn't that crazy? And I mean, he was getting targets, but I don't know. I don't know if Glennon's not looking to him. It's. I mean, it's happened a few weeks in a row with Glennon now, right? He hasn't really been seeing the ball.
1: I've heard some stuff on LaVisca Chenault, too. I mean, he obviously had that catch on the, was it the opening drive that was deflected, went through the hands of a of a Vikings cornerback, uh, went through the hands of a defender, and, and he caught it for the touchdown, definitely not thrown to him. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> how are you feeling about Chenault these days? <laughs> is it is he underperforming right now? Is he just not getting enough looks?
0: I don't know. It seems like the same story, right? The first 15 plays, you know, the ones that you have drawn up already, they've Dave- give him the ball right he gets the ball at least once but you don't see him in late game situations ever and i'm i'm like i was thinking to myself today and i was gonna ask you is colin johnson having a more productive season than lavisca chenault
1: um yeah i don't know man it's a good question a more productive season no okay not not yet no no uh chenault's been in been uh let's say made some difference making plays in more games than johnson has overall and Johnson hasn't had the level of consistency among the three different quarterbacks that Chenault has had. That said, I think Johnson's overall build as a receiver may or may not prove to be a more long-standing prototype than Chenault in the NFL. They are
0: two completely different players, right? Like, totally different. You know, where do where they catch the ball? lavisca is more you know the catch after the run colin johnson's more go up and go get it so which is a good thing really for us so i'm not like saying who's better out of the two of them because they can both help in different ways yeah but i wonder i wonder what their stats look like like against each other you think lavisca's are a little better i'm sure lavisca has more catches but i bet colin johnson might have more yards than him and he has more touchdowns for sure right
1: I'll uh, we pull up So Jaguars receiving on the season, we've got Chenault with 36 catches, being targeted 46 times for 392 yards receiving and a couple touchdowns. He averages 10.9 yards of reception, um, and his long is 36. For Colin Johnson, he has 15 catches, so less than half of what Chenault has out of 27 targets for 231 yards so he's averaging a lot more per catch like you're observing 15.4 yards per catch also a couple TDs his long is 46 for comparison DJ Chark and Keelan Cole both have broken 40 catches so Chark's at 43 Cole's at 40 they've been targeted uh 73 and 62 times respectively Chark has 575 yards Keelan Cole has 504 they're both averaging that 12, 13 yards per catch range, and they both have four touchdowns.
0: That's not good for Chark, though, right? If we were looking at him as a number one receiver, it's not the numbers you want. I mean, he did miss a couple games, right? Yeah. Two games, I think. But still, it's not enough productivity, and I don't think that's all his fault, though.
1: It reminds me of our game we were playing last episode. <laughs> what, what what would you take? Uh, which, which, Which one would you rather go with? You know, like... Chark and Cole having a breakout year at the cost of uh, Colin Johnson and Chenault or or the opposite? And then would you rather have Chark have like a monster year and merge as like this guy breaking 100 catches a year or something, um, but everyone else doesn't do as well? Or would you like to have more success spread around? Um, right now, I don't want to call it success spread around because I guess, I guess most of these receivers are on pace. I mean, what the maximum, they'll probably hit like 60-something catches. So it's not like anyone's really having a... Pro Bowl caliber year, but ah, I don't know. Do you think that another quarterback or even just consistency at quarterback is going to make a huge difference for someone like DJ Chark next year?
0: I think so. I really do think so. First of all, as a wide receiver, you have to build a relationship and a rhythm with your quarterback, right? Which we thought him and Minshew had, which
1: Mm -hmm.
0: was probably not true. But it, it takes a long time to develop these relationships. You'd think Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams have been this good the whole time you know it took years and years and look look at them now right it happens with every really good quarterback mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Mahomes even like with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen you saw the connections they had and he's only been there a few years so definitely some consistency would do definitely better for Chark and then on top of that we'd have a better quarterback than what we're dealing with assuming that Justin Fields hopefully you know, would be better than what we have right now, which I think he definitely is.
1: Uh, speaking about the quarterback, the we had this, I think one of the big stories of this last game was that we were watching the Jaguars game and then a lot of people switched over to watch the Jets game where they really should have beaten the Raiders. And if you think the Jaguars are good at losing last second and still still delivering an entertaining game to watch, the Jets collapsed in the worst way oh. <laughs> possible with just five seconds left on the game clock to lose what was it like following that game and how did that impact our draft uh, number one pick chances or lack thereof
0: that game was nuts i, I <laughs> first of all i had a bet on the raiders and i was like these guys are fucking terrible dude they're terrible they're really not gonna win what happened was they drove down the field, right? And then they I believe they were in the red zone, the Raiders were. And they went for it on fourth down. And they end up turning the ball over, okay? So it's all good. You know, they had, I think, a timeout and under two minutes left. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of time left. And they end up getting the ball back eventually with, you know, the whatever, 30 seconds. Like, nothing's going to happen here. And then they take two straight deep shots and – the funny thing is people are like, oh, why is he blitzing on that touchdown play, right? Well, the play before, the same shit happened where they had a wide-open Nelson Aguilar and Derek Carr just missed him. So they could have scored on the play before. And that's when I got nervous because I was like, oh, it's over now. Like, he had a chance. He was wide open. Now they're not going to bring it again, right? Here they go again. They bring it again. And the car just steps up <laughs> right, right into the pocket, avoids the blitz, and just <sighs> – Henry Ruggs is wide open, just streaking down the field. It looks like the cornerback doesn't even know what the hell is going on, where the ball is, what situation it is in the game. It was crazy. And like the announcers were like so like low key about it when he caught the ball. He's like, oh, the ball's up for Ruggs. And yeah, it's a touchdown. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Didn't sound like a Hail Mary call. Something seems so weird about it. I don't know. Are they tanking? Are they not? I was starting to become a conspiracy theory person all of a sudden i was like dude they're tanking there's no way there's no way
1: well they fired their defensive coordinator greg williams like right after the game right yeah they had and to. can we expect something like that with todd wash when the f- is he gonna get fired is it is it gonna be with the whole coaching staff or what why haven't we done something like that
0: well Okay, so our first whatever game, six games or whatever the stat was where we gave up 30-plus points a game, that changed, right? Our defense has been playing a lot better. A lot better. Because they're not just getting shredded now. They're getting stops. They're forcing turnovers. They're keeping the offense in the game at least and giving them a chance to go score, which they did on Sunday. So there is improvement on the defensive end, which kind of scares me that they might keep him around they be like, hey, they might give him the pass. Hey, you got a lot of young guys, a lot of injuries, a COVID year. Let's just keep you around one more year. How's that sound to you?
1: Uh, that's just depressing, man. <laughs> I, like, we're we're commonly debating who should go and when should they go. And the the two names that have come up the most often were Dave Caldwell, who's gone, uh, let go last week. We're gonna have a new GM, and then Doug Marone, the coach that kind of like everybody likes in a way. Right. But but who hasn't produced results by, by a long shot and is not a long-term coaching answer. Definitely been on the hot seat. Definitely, definitely going soon, I think. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. In the case of both of those people, man, you can at least – I mean, Dave Caldwell is kind of funny. People are talking about Dave Caldwell leaving – and they, everyone has to kind of, like, qualify and say, like, well, <laughs> you know, maybe it was Tom Coughlin that really soured the environment and not Caldwell. Well, hey, Caldwell has some really, really great free agent signings, especially on defense before 2017 season. Clayus Campbell, A.J. Boyer. Uh, he pulled off some, like, butt-saving <laughs> um, trades to, to get rid of players who had already— been soured by Coughlin or whatever else was going on. Uh, so he's got a set up for great draft capital coming up. Our cap space, uh, he's basically set up whoever the next GM is with a, a dream of cap space to work with. So everyone has to qualify before they say like, Oh, but then, you know, oh, but, but, but good, good riddance because overall we just didn't win enough games. Right. And overall there's still enough things you can point your finger out and say, that was a bad signing. That was a bad this. Right. Doug Marone, same thing. Guy, Guy came in, uh, replaced was it Gus Bradley? Yep. Um, won a couple games to finish off the season. Comes to 2017, and and leads us in his four quarters win win the four quarters of the <laughs> season philosophy <laughs> to a beautiful deep playoff run and great memories. And you know, like I said, I'm you know sitting here eating nachos in a sports bar in England watching the Jaguars play in the play. I mean, it's amazing, right? It was this, amazing. This what you live for. Yeah, it was a good year. It's What you live for? It's what you live for. And, and since then, he's kind of lost the momentum. And he, but he still hasn't lost the players' respect. And you're like, he's just a nice guy. Like I, you know, he has to go, but I, it hurts to see him go. Okay, none of those things—the positive things apply to Todd Wash—at all. I mean, you could say, you could say that the defensive performance of 2017 was elite. Was historical. Uh, or historic, whatever the hell is the right way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and he is a part of that, being the defensive coordinator. But everything he did since then, and even some moments during that season, don't echo the eliteness of the talent that we saw on that defensive roster. And I don't think Todd Wash, in any shape or fashion belongs. Look how many offensive coordinators we've cycled through in Doug Marone's time at the jaguars why on earth is todd wash not going and doug marone said he's not going to leave as long as i'm coach i mean what what on earth is going on And this is to me that's like that actually is the biggest blemish on doug marone's (laughs) resume it's not the wins or (laughs) losses the fact that he like he's standing up for todd wash gone see ya
0: no that definitely makes sense and you are you're you have a great point about like how many offensive coordinators coordinators we've been cycling through even though it's been three or whatever but they're so quick to lose their job. But when, it hap- when there's mistakes on the defensive end and poor productivity for weeks on weeks on weeks, nothing happens for him. It doesn't make sense. My guess is they'll just go together, you know, as in not like quit together but get fired together. That's just how, how it's going to go. I mean, if Doug Marone stays there, there's going to be some riots in Jacksonville, I think.
1: Bro, as a, as a resident head-shaven male... With a beard, <laughs> I have a particular disdain to other head shavers who don't do things the right way. And this guy's a f-ing goatee man, so he can take that goatee <laughs> and he can. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> he probably <shouldn't. laughs> I, I, I take that. I take that back. Uh, the, the last part back right there, but he can go. He can go, man. He can go. He can go. I don't. I don't like the vibes. Not, I don't like the loyalty to him. Not worth it. Hurting the team. Adios. Which will happen.
0: So I don't think you have much to worry about.
1: I hope so. Well, what I also have to worry about right now is overall, you know, Jag's getting some national attention. You know, we're showing up on these weekly, who's got the who's got the first pick, who's got the second pick at the draft, projections. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have Justin Fields, maybe, inshallah. All right, fingers crossed, you know. Yes, uh, hope. Rub rub the prayer beads the right way right here. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Until, you know, Trevor Lawrence isn't declared for the draft and then the Jets take fields. But, you know, you know, hey, 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 well, life goes on, life goes on, life goes on. Um, but one thing we can definitely count on this year is that we have an offensive rookie of the year candidate in James Robinson. We, we just mentioned some of his numbers from the last game, but this guy is almost eclipsed a thousand yards on the ground out of 12 games. He's at 968, averaging 4.6 yards a carry. He's got a long of thirty nine, so he hasn't broken the forty yet, man. That's oh my god, that feeling when Fred Taylor yeah. would break off in his first long runs. <gasps> mm, 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 mm. It's a good one. It's a good one.
0: That's what we're waiting for. But is that? That's not the kind of guy he is, though. So will we ever see that? Oh, I
1: don't. I I don't know if we care because he's a positive yards guy. I mean, he rarely has a run for a negative yardage, which is just like invaluable as a running back. Definitely something we couldn't say about his predecessor. Leonard Fournette. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Robinson also has seven TDs. He's got one fumble, not lost. And the guy has been solid. No ego. He's just a team. Everybody on the team loves him. What a story. Is this going to be another story the NFL passes on, though, when they decide who's the offensive rookie of the year?
0: Absolutely. So last year, we kind of felt gypped a little bit. With
1: Minshew. Because of Gardner.
0: With Gardner Minshew, right? And who ended up winning Kyler Murray, I believe?
1: Yep. Uh, Hale Murray.
0: Hale Murray. So we feel like we got gypped with Gardner Minshew last year when he had a fantastic season. I thought he was the best rookie last year, especially at quarterback because he was winning games and he was very productive, where Kyler Murray was pretty inconsistent. Now this year, it's a little different situation because we have Justin Herbert where everyone thinks he's this generational quarterback and... The Chargers are set for a long time, and people people think Justin Herbert is like on that Trevor Lawrence level now after seeing him play.
1: Isn't that fascinating? How he's retaken the, yeah. the level that people projected him at a year before he went into the draft.
0: Yeah, like if you ask people a year ago today, most people would pass up pass on Justin Herbert because they didn't want him because they didn't see enough from him in college, which they say is because of how Oregon played. They just played really conservative, and now if you ask people. They would say I'd take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow, a lot of people. Yeah,
1: especially with Burrow's injury. I mean, he's probably out of the running.
0: Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. But not even for Rookie of the Year, but they're saying like oh. if you were to— <laughs> Career. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if Burrow and Herbert, if you could redraft right now, would the Bengals take Herbert? Both healthy? Who knows?
1: Man, I hope they say the thing about same thing about Justin Fields next year.
0: Yeah, that's what we're hoping. You know, there's some talks now. People are saying, you know, it's not— as far of a gap as you think. And Trevor Lawrence didn't play very well on Saturday and Justin Fields. Did you see that Justin Fields play? That was all over the internet.
1: No. Ooh, no. I need to go re-immerse myself. Oh my gosh. You get to get
0: on the internet. Basically. So he's sprinting down the field as receivers. Right. And you see Justin Fields sprinting up the field to lay a block. I mean, I'm talking a 70 yard sprint down the field to make a block after he threw the ball or handed it off. I don't know what it was. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of Jaguars' Twitter was all over that. And, you know, they've been all over anything Justin Fields does for the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, that's some Blake Bortles-level commitment right there.
0: Yeah, it was a crazy play. And he's playing good football. They just haven't played enough, so you, you don't get to see him every week because of all the COVID stuff happening. So I'm looking forward to the playoffs because imagine Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence meeting up once again in the in the college football playoffs. That'd be great.
1: The winner gets the Jets,
0: right? Isn't that? How it, that's <laughs> it. Could go that way. Seriously, it really could. Isn't that crazy.
1: That's like as crazy as like the Bill Belichick will drop the final game against the Jets to make sure that they don't get Trevor Lawrence for the next fifteen years.
0: What do you think, though? In playing his division, do you think if Justin Fields say they play each other in the college football playoffs, say Justin Fields just they both have a good game, but Justin Fields just has a fantastic game. They beat Clemson. They go on to the next round, and they end up winning the national championship. You think it'll change?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I think that. I think the, what you just said. Yes.
0: You think pe- pe- people will start thinking Justin Fields is the guy to get instead of, instead of Lawrence? Even though after three years, it's been three years of all Lawrence, man. Hey,
1: man. I think I think Tua. Who else? Joe Burrow? Maybe Trevor Lawrence himself. They all have some championship narrative attached to their name that helped rise them to fame, right? Justin Fields is already famous, but I think the cherry on the top playing against Trevor Lawrence and, and just going haywire, I, I think that would be powerful enough to, I think it would justify people to start putting him as a number one projection in the draft. And then that could get into people's minds, like fans' minds, and they start talking more about Justin Fields. And then, because all this is, per, is speculation, right? Like all all of this is about who will have the most successful multi year NFL career right i mean it's just you're just predicting exactly so i think with a powerful enough story i think he could he could definitely kick trevor lawrence off the throne as it will especially if lawrence on tape has a poor game in a championship game like that like his final outing in college
0: but we've been talking about trevor lawrence for three four years about how he's going to be the number one pick and he's generational talent and you know what i mean like you think the narrative is going to change that fast over a six month span
1: yeah well the same thing happened with justin herbert man justin herbert was supposed to be the number one pick uh the year before didn't go into the draft and then goes later this year to the chargers and now is like you said maybe outperforming joe burrow who everyone was like unanimously saying like oh joe burrow is like the greatest quarterback we've seen in 20 years out of college and stuff
0: what would the jets look like like say they have the number one pick right and they take justin fields instead of trevor lawrence wouldn't that be a bad move for their franchise just because it's a the big risk is if justin fields is good he's okay but trevor lawrence ends up being like phenomenal then you're really hurting yourself
1: there. A side note to our listeners. We are going to get back to the offensive rookie of the year bullet point here, (laughs) but this is, this sidetrack is, is too good to pass up on. And it is, (laughs) it is one of our our items here as well for the week. So man, I think by that point, the question would have already answered itself that the national narrative would have swung so much that, that you would be saying, what if they ignored everything and went back to the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, you know? So, so back to offensive rookie of the year. So Justin Herbert, you think is a front runner? What about any of the receivers this year? I and mean, we've had amazing receiver performances. Uh, we got Claypool with the Steelers. We got J- J- Justin Jefferson, who we just played against with the Vikings. Ceedee Lamb, Ceedee Lamb with the Cowboys has. I mean, I was a little skeptical when Jerry Jones insisted he had the the you know the famous number eighty eight to follow in the tradition of Drew Pearson and Michael Irvin and Des Bryant. I was like, what? You already have. Mari Cooper, are you really that faithful that Ceedee Lamb will eclipse him in the near future? And it looks to be the case, man. He's like someone who's already, even though yes, he did drop a, uh, a potential um, hail mary at the end of the. I think it was the first half. Oh game. man, he
0: had it in his it hands. Bad. It was bad, bro. That was a, that was a Bentley in drop in right there, hands. man. That was,
1: <laughs> that was
0: but you bad. can't expect. I don't know. Th- those are always a. It's a tough play to make
1: for sure. Literally a toss up. Yeah. Other than that, man, he's a guy, he's on the field and your eyes is following him. Where's this guy going to be? Right. And you know, he can do anything. Uh, A person I like to compare to with that, who did not win any kind of rookie of the year thing is DK Metcalf with the Seahawks. It's the same thing now. He's just like, he's basically just like outshining years of veteran wide receiver experience by others. And guys, it's too big, it's too fast. um, he's too smart. He's just, man, he's,
0: he's a superstar
1: in the limelight baby and uh we were skeptical we said oh you know he's just all he is is like a bodybuilder and stuff nope the guy's a, a talented dedicated football player so you don't think any of the receivers this year have a shot at offensive rookie of the year
0: they do just justin jefferson though i think justin jefferson's had the most consistent year as a rookie you know i he did it took him a little bit to get started but when he got started he was playing really well and you got to think about Who's on the opposite side of him? He has Thielen on the opposite side, and there's a lot of Sundays where he's outperforming him. Yeah, Adam Thielen's a really good receiver, but I do think Justin Jefferson will finish second, and of course, the rookie of the year will be a quarterback. Even even if uh, Justin Herbert wasn't having this great of a year, I think it it would still be Herbert, just because you know you give all the awards to the quarterbacks. It's just kind of how it works.
1: You know, I was listening to the podcast god hates jags Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think they were breaking this down about how many mvps have gone to quarterbacks versus running backs Mm -hmm. and it's been only quarterbacks and running backs for like the past 20 years i i i wonder if james robinson has like an off no uh chance i mean i don't wonder if he could uh, yeah no no do you think like I mean, like, Minshew went 6-6. Six and six. Minshew was essentially, I don't want to say he was benched, but, like, the starter came back in. Nick Foles came back in for a few games. Uh, he had a really, accurate, really accurate stats in a lot of games. He started to kind of fizzle out towards the end of the season, hence why he was, like, quote-unquote, like, benched, like, re-benched or whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah. Robinson isn't going to get benched anytime soon, and he's probably going to, like, knock on every form of wood in my vicinity here. Oh, that's not wood. Shit. Uh, Robinson is gonna eclipse a thousand yards rushing by a lot. He's gonna have maybe ten, t- like double digit touchdowns, and great attitude, great player, consistent star. A lot of people are gonna. I think. I think people do know him because of their fantasy rosters. I. I don't know, man. I think he's got a. He's got a chance.
0: Yeah. Um. It's kind of crazy. So I checked. I have him on fantasy, and I am in the playoffs. Congrats to me. Thank you. (laughs) And he's actually a big factor because I drafted Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon like my first two picks. And if you watch football, you would know that they've both been hurt all year, basically. So James Robinson's just filled in perfectly for me. And when I got him, I believe he had like a 2% ownage percentage, which was probably just Jaguars fans. And now he's at like 99.8. Every like he's picked up in every (laughs) fantasy league. You have to have him and i believe he's the third best ranked running back in fantasy football too but besides the fantasy stuff man the guy's just incredible like he doesn't lose yards he always makes the right play i don't care about the breakaway speed he puts us in third and manageables which really helps and he can catch the ball and he can block he can do everything he's like leonard fournette but good yeah
1: I mean, you're, you're singing his praises, man. Singing his praises. I mean, we didn't mention earlier. We're talking about DJ Chark has 43 catches. <laughs> well, Robinson's got 42. Oh,
0: man. See, yeah. The dude's amazing. I just think Justin Herbert's going to win it. And I think Justin Jefferson will finish second in that race. And then Robinson will finish third. Unfortunately. Even though, I mean, the Chargers aren't good either. I mean, they just lost 45 to zero. And Herbert had a terrible game, so it could help Robinson's case a little bit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something you brought up to me that we had to talk about was Gardner Minshew begging to play. I thought that was like a it was a super interesting topic, and it was sad what he said. I told you it made me feel kind of sad. How how to make you feel? You know, he really wants to be in there.
1: You can see it in his eyes, man. When the camera went over to him, yep, the his, camera went his masked over, yep. face. And his, uh, <laughs> his his hair blowing in the in the light wind against the I guess is there a wind? Were we indoors? Okay, I don't remember. Where it was going. We were we were right, indoors right. I the, in, the, in the AC or no the heating unit? What the hell? Uh, oh, man, you could see it in his eyes the wistful desire to be back out there about back out on the f- a field, inspiring his team to victory, going all out, shouting all that kind of shit. You know, see the Gardner arm pump swing, whatever thing. After a big play, sprinting down the field, hug his receivers. You know he wants to be out there. You know that's the kind of guy he is, and you know he's not out there for a reason, which is the tank, which doesn't make sense to some people because Doug Marone won't be around here after the season. So why not? You know, put some nice games on your resume before you head out. What do you think about the situation? I,
0: I kind of want to see him start one more game.
1: I think the second week, clinch second spot, he starts the rest of the season.
0: What so? That means what you're saying is he gives us the best opportunity to win and the coaches are lying to us. (gasps) Oh,
1: imagine that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, That's what it sounds like you're saying. Is that correct? Is
1: that accurate? Of course it's correct. Yes, very accurate. Yes, it's as accurate as Menchu's passes. (laughs)
0: so like remember when he first came in he kind of had that chip on his shoulder uh-huh. and he, you know he's, he's playing you know playing with that chip and we talked about it on preseason in the first couple weeks he's playing with that chip on his shoulder he wants to win games he wants to be here he wants to start mm-hmm. but like it seemed to like fade away but now i feel like he got it back he got the chip back like oh they don't want to play me like i'm nothing like i think he wants to play he wants
1: to win this guy is showering in Chips Ahoy every day. He definitely wants to be out there. He can't stand to watch it. it it's definitely recalling psychologically the trauma of not being on the field, of being redshirted back at East Carolina College or the f*** it was. <laughs> he's, he's definitely feeling it right now. Definitely, definitely. To me, I, I wonder how, how intelligent and, and insightful Jaguars' leadership is. But it sounds like, I mean, I don't know, man. If I was GM right now or coach – and I was doing this to make sure we tank, that Glennon gives us the best chance to tank, then it sounds like, weirdly, we we want Minshew to be around in the future, and we kind of want him to be happy, And but but he won't be the franchise quarterback. So I, I think the story you'd have to give Minshew is almost something like, a, this is the way the business works. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were playing for... Uh, big-time schools that were perennially ranked in the top five and won national championships. They're sort of like this proven level, and we're going to go with one of these guys, see what they give us. Most likely, they'll give us that franchise talent that we're looking for. But you're going to be there when we're winning games, and every year in a playoff discussion, you're going to be there, Gardner, In case this guy goes down, to make sure we still go deep into the playoffs, right, or or still win the Super Bowl, whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah. Which I think is totally a role he could he could take. I wonder if he's so competitive that he wouldn't want that, and he would prefer to go have a better chance at starting elsewhere. Because the ideal scenario here for the Jaguars and everybody, listen up. And this is gonna. I know I'm speaking a, a foreign language right now, but the ideal scenario for the Jaguars now is next year with fields or lawrence the jaguars are going to be an 8 and 8 team who's going to think they have playoff chances into november maybe early december the year after that the the goal with all this right and and assuming we have a decent manager this time around not that not that Caldwell would have necessarily even messed this up i don't i don't know i don't know the goal with all this is that the year after that we're we're 12 and 4 no i mean <laughs> 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 Shut <the> f- up. <laughs> and if we're if we're expecting 12 and 4 and we we have a Dak Prescott moment um where or, or, or a Wentz moment which is ironic because Wentz is getting benched now for Jalen Hurts anyway
0: oh my goodness where
1: where that quarterback the starter goes down early-ish in the season you got you know eight games left six games left I would, I think as Jaguar fandom and Minshew himself, man, it's ideal scenario. This is the Minshew ma- magic, man. Put him in. He he hasn't lasted like, you know, eight, nine, ten games without fizzling out a little bit. So maybe that's the perfect scenario to use him in. That might be what Nick Foles did for the Eagles in 2017.
0: Who knows? Yeah, you're right. I mean, anything could happen. And he's still so young. I mean, they barely let him develop and they his developing was on a bad team, you know, with a lot of missing parts. So, like, I don't know. You just feel for the guy, even though he played, you know, pretty bad early in the season. He's the guy I want to see as the backup going forward. But it might do you better having a vet, though, behind a rookie quarterback rather than whatever Gardner Minshew is.
1: Well, Gardner Minshew will be a third-year, quote-unquote, vet by then. He's also a really smart guy, and he absorbs a lot. So it it might not be that bad. And also, we can keep that third-third vet. I mean, Glennon, I don't know how if they're gelling with this guy. Keep Glennon around or someone similar to kind of be that coach quarterback still, still, even though he wouldn't go in. I agree.
0: I hope, I mean, it sounds like we both want Minshew to stick around though.
1: Also, it's nice to have Glennon uh, or someone like him because you have three quarterbacks instead of two. And so, whenever you compare quarterbacks, you're not just pointing the finger and all the blame on one person and you don't have all the hope and all the positivity for just one person. There's a whole carousel of three different, differently built differently talented uh or non-talented quarterbacks yeah that's to, to kind of yeah. shift responsibility around which i think is a healthy thing especially like you're saying like a rookie quarterback coming in um, with a lot of pressure yeah
0: definitely I'm, I'm i'm okay with having having three guys but i definitely want to see Minshew here still and you, you talked about he's a competitive guy maybe he wants to start somewhere but if he's as smart as we think he is and he's realistic we would know that like he's not going to start anywhere because why would they Grab Gardner Minshew when there's a whole fresh draft coming up, right? You could just go draft some guy, second, third round, fourth round, and give him a shot instead.
1: I'm torn, man. As a Jags fan, I'm very torn. I do. Th- I still think if some, if you ask me, like point blank, did we not give Minshew enough of a chance? I would say yes. Like I, or I mean, I mean, I mean, like no. yeah, we no, we did not, yeah, we did yeah. not give yeah, him enough exactly. of a chance. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like we we didn't put enough faith and investment into him. The the league didn't put enough investment into him. This guy we're talking about, we thought he was gonna be. Offensive rookie of the year last year. I mean, he had more rookie of the months than anyone else by a long shot. So why not rookie of the year? And rookies make mistakes, and he made some mistakes. But he's he has an amazing story, uh, and he's he's played at a high level. He's done some elite stuff. Like you mentioned the the Broncos game that we saw. You were like, did you see that drive? That was elite. Like what he did on that play was elite. I mean, that was
0: elite stuff. It was.
1: <sighs> so I do think we didn't give enough of a of a shot.
0: Dude, they had his jersey at Kohl's in Colorado,
1: <laughs> like
0: 20 of them, a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. How much was it discounted, though? So? It wasn't.
0: That was the first thing I went to go check because the uh, first thing I said was, let me guess, this shit is $10 or something. It was 100 What? It was 100 Yeah. And so, like, oh. there's Broncos jerseys, correct? You know, few players. And then guess what other teams were?
1: Other teams? Yeah. Oh, the, the Cowboys, of course. No.
0: The answer is there was no other team. There was just Gardner Minshew jerseys and Broncos jerseys, dude. I was like, what the fuck? like, What is going on here?
1: Snow no Chiefs? Not, dude,
0: nothing. Just Broncos stuff and then randomly just a stack of Gardner Minshew jerseys. I
1: kid you not. You need, to, you need to tweet that Minshew picture out and say, hey, man, Minshew going for 100 bucks in Colorado. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Minshew mania is still alive. So, like, I don't know if, like, last year they just started making a lot of Gardner Minshew jerseys when they saw the hype coming, and now, now they're at Coles.
1: <laughs> and the coolest thing that could happen for Minshew right now is kind of like what I outlined with, you know, someone else comes in, like, we're going to pick a quarterback in the draft, no, no matter what. Even if we fall to three or four, we're so traumatized by this whole year or two of tanking that we're going to pick a quarterback, um, even if it's not Fields or Lawrence, um, whether it be Kyle Trash or... You know, me or you or the f*** it is. Oh, God. And and Gardner Gardner Minshew will be the backup quarterback. He will have the prestige of fields to be sitting behind. The Jaguars, in our ideal scenario, are already 500 range. And then the second year, they're already playoff bound. Um, Around this time, Minshew would have come in to win a few games here and there, most likely. Um, hopefully, hopefully the starter quarterback does not get a season-ending injury. But if if that was the case, then Minshew might come in and do a lot more to prove more. The Jaguars' label will mean more by that point, and anybody that is in the conversation of quarterback and Jaguars will will have more assumed value to their name. So Minshew might get traded for. He might get a chance to go start somewhere else a couple years down the line. Here, that's my that's my theory. Just like the just like coaching. Good, successful teams have coaching farms, right, come out of the the Andy Reid farm or the Bill Belichick farm or whatever farm that's out there, that anybody in the discussion, well, imagine if we had Trevor Lawrence and, and whoever the, f- the QB coach is through Trevor Lawrence's time is going to be like the QB coach for Trevor Lawrence, you know, like the backup for Trevor, like with Trevor Lawrence. He was in the room with Trevor Lawrence for three years, you know. For sure. <laughs> You know, he came in and won some games for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's true. everybody's going to have, they're going to have more prestige to their name.
0: Absolutely. Wow. We talked about Gardner Minshew for a long time. Might be the last time we ever talk about him, right?
1: Shows the love inside our hearts. I hope, I hope that's not true. I hope we do talk about him again.
0: Yeah. We miss, we miss you Gardner. We really do.
1: So thank you so much for listening to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown. I'm at Weld Brown on Twitter.
0: And this is Ased, at That Young Ased.
1: And go Jags. Hey,
0: it's um um it's f- Titans Week.
1: Oh, yeah. The team whose name we try not to say. We should beep out that instead of the F word. We
0: should be like, <laughs> beep out Titans.
1: <laughs> f- the d- <laughs> but yeah, as always, you can follow us at Junkin Dragwar on Twitter. We look forward to uh what are we looking forward to? To James Robinson out playing
0: Derrick Henry. There it is, right there. The best running back in the league.
1: Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. All right. That's where our money's at. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Go Jaguars.
0: Yep, go Jag.
1: Never been hot Football's never been hotter Robinson's never rushed for 40 yarder uh, Winning season's never seemed farther Than the Jacksonville Jaguars Jack- <laughs>